You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Rachel Adams, Managing Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. And welcome to the Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. My name is Rachel Adams, a managing editor of Natural Products Insider. And today I have with me Heather Fairman, who is CEO of DF Guardian Consulting, an independent consultant with EAS Consulting, and technical advisor for SIDSDOC. Hi, Heather. How are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you very much, Rachel. <laughs> I'm great, Heather. And of course, you're welcome. I'm so um, glad to have you on the podcast today. Uh, Heather will be speaking at Supply Side West this year in Las Vegas during our contract manufacturing workshop. Um, The session is called Contract Manufacturing Roundtable, How to Foster a Successful Partnership, um, and it takes place on Saturday, October 19th at 8.30 a.m. Heather is going to be talking um, all about regulatory considerations uh, for a brand owner in a contract manufacturing partnership, which is um, just such a huge and very important topic to cover. Um, and then she's also going to be a roundtable presenter um, and talking about supply chain um, and setting specifications. So there's going to be so much ground to cover at this session. And today we're going to get a little sneak peek into some of the insight that Heather will be sharing. So I'd like to go ahead yeah. and jump into some questions. Um, sure. And the first one is a fairly broad question, kind of an overview question, but again, um, I think critically important when we're talking about regulations and the contract manufacturing partnership and essentially what what are the responsibilities of the brand owner when it comes to regulations in this partnership so um uh, excellent question and it's it's something that needs a lot of clarification in the industry the own label distributors or private label distributors they're called are quite frankly just as responsible as their contract manufacturers uh, there is absolutely um no distinction. There's no uh, exclusivity from any section of 111. The reason being is because their name is on that label, they are held accountable for everything from raw materials that go into their product to the process of making their finished product. So there's there's verbiage that FDA uses, and, and you'll see it often in warning letters. And I'll point out just some of the words uh, when they talk about um, you know, own label distributors having an obligation to know. Uh, words like um, expecting to have established specifications. They're very selective. And here are two other phrases they use. Overarching responsibility, mm-hmm. ultimate responsibility. So it, it leaves the, you know, in the days of pre-2007, when there was no GMP regulations for the dietary supplement industry, it was pretty much a free range. Now, uh, there's a whole new uh, perspective uh, uh, from a regulatory perspective. And OLDs got very comfortable. Um, and it's understandable because they would just have a finished product show up on their, on their receiving dock. Now, it's a lot more involved. And it's pretty taxing on some of the companies, particularly the smaller companies, because as we say in the industry, GMP means get more paper, get more people, <laughs> mm-hmm. which means get more money to get more paper and get more people. 
but there is absolutely no less of a responsibility expected of the OLD as there would be of a contract manufacturer. Right. That's so funny. I haven't heard that before. So, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> well, we joke among ourselves, but it is real. <laughs> um, and I think that's such an important distinction that you made um, is that, you know, when when you think broadly of a contract manufacturer, you know, it kind of would imply almost that, you know, it takes away a lot of the responsibility of the only label distributor, that it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to hand this over to you and you're going to make this product and do this X, Y, Z, and then we'll be good to go. Um, but as you said, that's really not how it is at all. And it is actually fairly hands-on in terms of what these responsibilities are from brand owners, um, which is super important for them to know. This date back, dates back to probably somewhere around 2013 when FDA came up with a, a, mm -hmm. a warning letter back then. And the language was very specific, up to and including, you know, making that statement that said even, and I'm paraphrasing, even though you're using a contract manufacturer, mm -hmm. it is your responsibility to know what, con what, that, that what they're making, the, the specifications that they're using to make your product. Is, is to enable you to make decisions about that, and right. so you know if if you if if they if they just expect something to show up at their dock and they don't know what it is, essentially they're in they're in violation of the, when they distribute that into commerce. Right, absolutely. And so my my next question then I think as a, a great segue would be how how to ensure regulatory compliance. Um, what would you say, Heather? Are some best practices um, on the part of only label distributors? Again, I'll give you the yellow brick road. That's, that's, that's probably the best way to do it because, you know, folks, folks want to know how in terms of, you know, give me the breakdown steps. So the first thing I would say is, you know, and again, I know some of our, co our co my colleagues are going to be talking about this um, on Saturday uh, at Supply Side West is, you know, how do I go about selecting uh, a contract manufacturer? That's one of the first things. Um, mm -hmm. Once you have identified a contract manufacturer, you know, you want to go and verify, you know, you, you trust and verify. And so a, an audit, an on-site audit or, or a, a paper audit, maybe an initial um, audit that you do and you, based on the information you get back written, you know, you take that and you go on site and you make sure you verify what they have written. Because there are times, Rachel, when those questionnaires will go out and it won't necessarily get to the quality group. It could be a mm -hmm. salesperson that fills it out or it could be a receptionist that fills it out. Not to be facetious, but it could be because of the, 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 the personnel that's not available. And right. then the responses you get back don't reflect what, what, the, what the company is doing. So subsequent to that, an on-site audit. Right. Based on the on-site audit, and if you're comfortable with what you see, the next step I would propose would be, you know, you get into some dialogue and without doubt, without question, you get a quality agreement in place. What the quality agreement does is it, 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 it divides or it distributes the regulatory responsibilities. Mm. Who's going to be responsible for testing? You know, is stability involved? Who's going to do the stability program? How many retains are going to be, 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 be collected by both parties? And this, this should be based upon 111. You know, if they do it, mm -hmm. break it down based on each um, subsection or subpart. The next step would be basically to engage in, you know, discussions about your product, your raw material, where it's being sourced, who's sourcing it. Not only that, you know, is this raw material that they're getting for their product suitable for the product? 
And then secondary to that, which is also important, is is there a test method for it? Can they do identity testing? If there is, is this something that can be carried over into the finished product? Because that's where you get into the specification issue, which you know, I don't think we'll get into now because it's really you know, very deep. Mm-hmm. But these are the basic steps to start. Why? Because if they need to show consistency of responsibility, mm-hmm. of oversight during every step up to and including their finished product. And this is what the FDA calls overarching responsibility, meaning even though your contract manufacturer is a separate entity, is subject to all of 111. You are right. not uh, exclusive of that. It's not sitting down on your, on, on your hunches and waiting for the product to show up. You've got to be actively involved. And it's called building a partnership. And that's right. what it's really about. Right. And when Absolutely. they begin to build a, yeah, part, and not only just a partnership, Rachel, talk to each other, you know, get on the phone, have dialogue. You know, it's, it's a mutual benefit. That's, it, it can only end up being a mutual benefit at that point. Right. And when they're and when they're not sure, get 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 qualified consultants involved. Right, and so there's there's kind of a lot to unpack here, um, because you know quality agreement isn't it's not um, necessarily a, I mean correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's not a required document in the contract manufacturing partnership, but it is absolutely essential um, to make sure that those responsibilities, um, as outlined in 111, which is uh, the, the regulations around GMPs are fulfilled. Is that correct? I'm, 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 yes, I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, it, it's, it, in, the, in, pharma, in pharma, in pharmaceutical, it's mandatory, required. Mm-hmm. In, in the dietary supplement industry, there's no requirement, but FDA is, is, you know, in some instances have been asking companies if they have one. Right. Um, and, you know, if you give it to them to read, you know, now, now you're subjecting yourself to whatever they read in that to hold you accountable to. But right. one, of the, 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 one of the key things about uh, quality agreements is when you, when you structure something up front, what you're doing is you're really avoiding a lot of back-end issues. So when there's that written understanding mm-hmm. and agreement, and again, I would, I, would, I would strongly suggest not to co-mingle it with your business contract. Keep mm-hmm. it separate. And so you have a focus on all of the regulations that need to be abided by and who's going to be responsible for what. And at that juncture, when you have that signed document and you proceed, there's clarity in the relationship. So there is mm-hmm. an expectation of clarity in the outcome. Right. And then you have that, um, you know, you have that documentation, like you said, to show FDA, like we 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 have figured this out. We are taking, um, we are being proactive being responsible. and make sure, yes. right, exactly. It's, it's, an, it's, an added, it's an added advantage to show the FDA as an OLD, you know, a private label distributor that, you know, we're taking an added step. We know it's not required, but here's what we're doing to show that we are involved in our contract manufacturer as they produce our finished products for us. Right. And here is what we have. And so, Heather, what would you say um, from your experience are some common mistakes that you see when it comes to regulatory compliance um, in a contract manufacturing partnership? Um, I think one of the biggest um, mistakes that I've seen is, is, is OLDs or private label distributors make an assumption of the expertise of their contract manufacturer mm. when they haven't vetted them. 
Mm. You know, and again, a lot of this might come from just a, an old mindset where, you know, again, pre-2007, you know, you, you had a contract manufacturer and you just, you know, something showed up at your door. There were no regs to govern that. So, you know, it's, it's a mindset that has carried over that hasn't changed. So the expectation is what shows up at my door is what's in the bottle and what's in the label and what goes out the door. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the, is the all-encompassing, hugest mistake because it involves not looking at the label, mm-hmm. not, not doing some testing of the product, your finished product, against the C of A that's received, not right. even having the capability to understand what the C of A says, and until you get maybe a, a serious adverse event occurring. And then what? No, no you have to backtrack and go, oh, my God, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what went wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, not having batch records. So m- making the assumption that when your finished product shows up on your dock, it's all okay, is the optimum biggest mistake that, that OLDs make. You know, and again, that, that encompasses everything if you think about it. Another problem is, you know, sourcing, but not sourcing and selecting, but not auditing. You know, uh-huh. and if they don't have, you know, and, and listen, some OLDs, let's, let's, let's get real here. Some OLDs just really, you know, operate out of their home with nothing wrong with that. But there still is the responsibility to, you know, go and audit. You know, mm-hmm. you need to go and see exactly where your product is being made. FDA says that. Right. You, need, you have, they, they literally have it written in warning letters. You have an obligation to know what and how your contract manufacturer is, is producing your product. So anything less than that puts you in violation of, of the expectation and requirements of the FD. So, I mean, could I, could, I, could I pick out specific problems in that? Yes, I could. But right. the biggest one that creates the multiplicity of issues is when you assume that your finished product showing up at the dock is adequate enough for you to put out the door without checking anything. Right, absolutely. Assumptions um, are really not... Well, we remember, what is it, <laughs> the odd couple, you remember that famous odd, odd couple program about, you know, when, when not Oscar, Felix was asked the definition of assume? That's pretty much what happened. I was, I was thinking that, but I was trying to find it. <laughs> well, I'm dating myself, but, you know, everybody knows that, right? <laughs> but sadly, oh, cool. that's what happens, Rachel. Sadly, right. that's what happens. Well, exactly, but it's definitely, um, you have a lot more to risk as an unlabeled distributor, and I'm sure a contract manufacturer as well, um, than just humiliating yourself if you aren't verifying that your products are safe and that they are, um, you know, quality and effective so yeah another thing uh, you know we joked about gmp saying get more people mm-hmm. but here is one of the things that i think is going to challenge some of the um smaller old companies and that is you know once upon a time it was just pretty much you know an owner and a, a and a maybe a, a purchasing person or a procurement person or you know an accounts payable person you know, now you have to get somebody who's qualified to read those documents, mm-hmm. which means you're going to have to fork out more money. <laughs> you know, right. you're going to have to, you know, increase your budget. And, and that hurts, especially right. if it's a small growing company. But if you're going to be in the game, you gotta, you got to be in it to win it. And you've got to be putting, putting more money into your budget to, to accomplish that. So getting qualified people to work uh, in your team as an OLD is something that's, you know, a requirement. 
I mean, some companies, they may have a, a consultant that they retain. That's, mm-hmm. that's satisfactory, as right. long as it's a qualified individual who understands the documentation that they're reading. Right. Right. Definitely. Um, they have a lot more to lose, I would say, uh, if, if they opt for, if companies are opting to not uh, have the appropriate staff that can make sure um, that their products are safe and that communication is clear. Um, and that they're covering all their bases, most definitely. Yeah, listen, gro- growth pains growth pains don't last forever, but they last as long as you let them. Mm-hmm. So if companies are willing to, you know, expense the growth curve, I know economists will tell you and statisticians will tell you, it's always a downward curve, but it does go up. And, you know, it's just a matter of making a decision that they're going to, um, you know, produce quality, ensure that they have produced quality product and, and preserve the brand inte- their brand integrity and make an investment. Mm-hmm. Mon- you know, you've got to put money in to make money. So right. I don't want to make it sound like it's just an economic consideration, but in all honesty, for some of these small OLDs, it is. It is a tremendous economic consideration. But, you know, if they want to be in the industry and if they want to be a company of integrity with a brand that carries that integrity, it's going to take a lot more than just thinking about it. Right. Well, Heather, I love that. I feel like we ended on um, some inspirational encouragement. <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, I'm, listen, I'm about building the industry, nurturing the industry, right. not destroying the industry, but there's going to be some cold water truths that they're going to have to be willing to right. hear. Yeah, listen, right. it's a 200 and what? It's, it's by 2025, I think it's going to be almost a $278 billion industry. So there's, yeah. there's, you know, there's wealth to be had as long as the motive for that wealth is to do well for the consumers and not just for yourself. And right. it's going to take a measure of investment. Absolutely. Well, Heather, I'm very excited. We, we really, I think, feel like we just touched on the tip of the iceberg today. Um, so I'm very excited uh, for your presentation at Supply Side West. Um, and I'm especially excited for this session. Uh, we, we have decided on... Um, a roundtable session for our contract manufacturing workshop this year um, just to really get into some topics in greater depth um, and to just allow yeah, that should be fun I'm looking forward to it <laughs> yeah yeah me too um, and I'm just going to go ahead and reiterate the details there on our workshop it's called contract manufacturing roundtable how to foster a successful partnership on Saturday October 19th at 8:30 a.m. at Supply Side West in Las Vegas. Um, Heather, thank you so much for your time today and I look forward to seeing it you in Vegas. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure and honor. Always an honor to add value to the industry. Thank you, Heather. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.